Blog Talk Radio. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Law Talk Radio. This is Nick Augustine, and I'm your host. Thank you to this. Thank you for coming to this episode of Law Talk Radio, brought to you by ProServe Public Relations, home of the ProServe Club. Please show your support and click the like button on our Law Talk Radio Facebook page, and you will find links to a variety of episodes. Support for Law Talk Radio today comes from Chris McCarthy of Northwestern Mutual. Chris McCarthy provides individuals and business owners with expert guidance and exclusive access to Northwestern Mutual's life disability insurance policies. The Northwestern Mutual Life Insurance Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Today's show is Professionalism and Engagement with Justice Margaret Frossard, as Director of Professionalism and Engagement at the John Marshall Law School in Chicago. Justice Margaret O'Mara Frossard is working to improve the delivery of services to students while providing the foundation the professional fighting foundation for professionalism by preparing students to become responsible and dignified members of the legal community. Our guest, Justice Margaret O'Mara Frossard, is the Professionalism and Engagement Director at the John Marshall Law School. Justice Frossard formerly served as Justice of the Illinois Appellate Court from 1997 to 2010. She was a presiding Justice of the 1st, 4th, and 6th Divisions. From 1988 to 97, she served as a trial court judge in Cook County, prior to which Justice Frossard served as chief of the Felony Trial Division of the Office of the Cook County State's Attorney. Under her leadership, the John Marshall Law School was the first law school in the state of Illinois to launch the Lawyer to Mentoring Program, which awards a mentor and a new lawyer, mentee, six hours of free MCLE credits. Now, we do welcome callers this afternoon. If you have a question, you can dial in at 917-889-9732 and press option 1 to be placed in our caller queue. That telephone number, again, is 917-889-9732. By way of short disclaimer before we get going today, this is a general information and entertainment program, and the advice shared on this show does not constitute professional advice. Communication with licensed professionals on our shows does not create client relationships. ProServe Public Relations does not necessarily endorse all the opinions expressed by guests. And finally, all callers remain confidential and rights to this broadcast are reserved. Now, before we say hello to Justice Frostard, I want to give you an idea of some of the topics we're going to cover on the show this afternoon. Um, this is going to be a short show. We're going to go for a half an hour today. And the objectives uh, for this show are, number one, the objectives of John Marshall's professionalism and engagement office. Number two, the new continuing legal education requirements and mentor programs, some changes there, uh, and also current and future issues facing law students and recent graduates, uh, followed by fourth, reaction in the legal community to the in-classroom pr- professionalism program, and the future of the professionalism and engagement at the John Marshall Law School. So without further ado, I want to welcome our guest, Justice Frossard. Hi, Nick. Um, good evening to you and also to your audience. How are you tonight? I am doing well, so thank you for your time tonight in presenting some of this material to us. Oh, sure. I'm excited to be here. Okay, well, um, we have been talking for some time about the, the new professionalism and engagement office at John Marshall, so I'd like to just jump in and uh, ask you to tell us a little bit about the office. What are the objectives of professionalism and engagement at John Marshall, um, and what can you tell us a little bit about the Illinois Supreme Court Commission on Professionalism? 
Okay, it's actually two um, interesting questions, and I'll start with the um, the new professionalism office here that I uh, am lucky enough to be um, directing. Uh, and with the guidance of Dean Corkery, uh, what I've been doing is working with deans, faculty, and staff uh, to further promote and develop good customer service practices and working with students studying to become more effective and responsible members of the legal profession. And some of my uh, job duties sort of include advising the dean on steps that the faculty and staff can take to promote engagement and active learning on the part of students. Uh, my role also includes uh, includes advising the dean on the best customer service practices for the faculty and staff to adopt in working with the students to help them become more effective and responsible members of the legal profession. And then, um, let's see, in addition to that, in connection with promoting engagement and professionalism, I administer what's called the Annual Law School Survey of Student Engagement. It's a um, uh, survey, and we review the results and advise the dean on the best ways for the school to improve by using the comments and information that the students provide us um, with their um, uh, filling out the survey. So, um, you know, those are some of the things I've, I've been doing here at the, at the school. I've also instituted a variety of programs. I know you mentioned one of them being the in-class professionalism program. We'll probably get, get to that a little bit later in our discussion. Um, I've also uh, been the director of the Lawyer to Lawyer Mentoring Program. I know you mentioned early in your comments that John Marshall Law School was the first law school in the state to launch this uh, Lawyer to Lawyer Mentoring Program uh, under the guidance of the Illinois Supreme Court on um, uh, Commission on Professionalism. And we're proud that we uh, launched that last fall, and we have about 80 matched mentors and mentees who are currently earning their six hours of um, free CLE credit in connection with um, this professional responsibility mentoring program. So that's essentially, in a nutshell, what I've been doing here uh, at the uh, at the school, uh, and that's sort of has been the, the goals and the objectives of the um, of the office that I run as the director of professionalism and engagement here. Well, you are certainly busy and engaging so many people. That I'm excited to hear that 80 people are matched with the free uh, CLE program. And um, backing up a little bit, the Illinois Supreme Court Commission on Professionalism, is that a new, uh, new carve-out there with the Illinois Supreme Court? Um, it's not new, but it's been uh, it's been around for uh, for several years. But they have just recently identified or focused on this idea of uh, mentoring as their major focus. In fact, the major focus of the commission's efforts, beginning in late 2010 and currently, is on the lawyer to lawyer mentoring program. And the commission is engaged in sponsoring organizations such as law schools and bar associations throughout the state to join with them to make professionalism mentoring available to new lawyers in the first three years of their practice. And as I said, the John Marshall Law School is the first law school in the state of Illinois to launch this lawyer-to-lawyer -lawyer mentoring program with the Illinois Supreme Court Commission on Professionalism. And essentially what, you know, what, what we do or what we've done with that program, as I said, is we've matched about 80 mentors and mentees. The mentors are the experienced lawyers, and then the mentees are the recent John Marshall graduates who have just become licensed in this state. And the lawyers who complete the mentoring program, uh, either as a mentor or a mentee, receive at no cost six hours of professional responsibility continuing legal education credit. And the organizational structure of the program is designed to allow lawyers to create a strong and supportive professional culture while earning no-cost CLE credit. And I don't know if this has been um, uh, something that you've come in contact with, but it seems like there are a lot of different CLE programs out there, out there but there are not as many CLE programs that offer ethics or professionalism uh, credit, you know, the professional responsibility credit. And that's what this program is designed to do. So if people are having 
trouble uh, or having a, a struggling with getting their, their hours of credit, this would be a great place where they could volunteer to uh, be a mentor, and I could use as many people as I could possibly get at this point because I have a very um, you know large, strong student uh, base. You know, we graduate more than 400 students and, and license more than 400 students a year, so it's a lot of students that are looking for uh, for mentors. Now would be an appropriate time to give someone information on how they'd get in touch with you to learn more about the program. I think the best way would be to email me, and uh, what they could do is they could email me at my email address, which is M as in Margaret, F as in Frank, R-O, two S's like Sam, A-R, at J, M as in Margaret, L, S as in Sam, dot E-D-U. So it's basically my last name without the D, at J-M-L-S dot E-D-U, Empressar at J-M-L-S dot E-D-U. Um, I, you know, they can also call me by phone, but I think the email contact is a little bit uh, quicker because uh, then we don't have to, you know, play, play phone tag with each other. All right. Now, uh, going back into the the creation of this department and uh, so much work that's going on now. I, 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 I was in law school at John Marshall from 99 to 02. When I came out, it was a little bit of a different landscape than it is now. Can you talk to us a little bit about some of the changes and challenges that are facing students today, um, some of the uh, things that have been brewing, so to speak, that were the impetus for the creation of this office and these programs? Well, there's no question that the single most uh, important question with the pre-law group, uh, people who are considering coming to law school, students who are are actually attending law school, and then the recent graduated population, the single most important issue is the question of, you know, am I going to be able to get a job? So I'm not saying that this particular office was created for this purpose, but this office was created in order to address the concerns, the needs of students, and to be, you know, consumer-friendly and actually, uh, you know, be responsible to the student body and responsive in terms of, you know, what, what are their issues, what do they need? So I meet with students on a regular basis today, I probably have between five and ten students just come in and out, some with appointments and some just as walk-ins. And, um, you know, most many times that is a single uh, issue that is uh, of concern to the student population. So I don't think that this office was created to necessarily, you know, uh, address that problem, but it was created to address whatever problem the student body might be challenged by at any given point in time. And right now I would say that that is one of the, the top uh, issues in the minds of students, whether they are, as I said, in, in the pre-law, pre-law school uh, bunch of, you know, um, uh, that that population, or whether they are currently attending school, or whether they have just recently graduated. So, to that extent, I work with that population on a p- pretty regular basis. Now, Justice Fassard, one of the things that I'd like to raise as a comment is I remember when I was in school and coming through and still working as a law clerk, I would I was taught professional courtesy by a lot of people and would make phone calls and just do uh, things here and there as a professional courtesy. And I would always say, I'm just calling as a professional courtesy. And I received a lot of praise from senior lawyers at that point. And uh, I was very, you know, early into my, my career. And people really noted that that was something that had been a thing of the past. And I think with so much of the change in how we communicate electronically, um, the expectations of, um, you know, personal contact being somewhat reduced these days, it seems like there's a need to uh, reinstall and reinstate this uh, need for not only for decorum for the court, but professional contact. Can you talk a little bit about that? 
I could not agree more. I mean, you are a real people person. I mean, I know that, and uh, that's really how you and I met. I mean, because I, I think I think if you as a real people person who uh, ha- you have a gift for reaching out to people and building bridges and that kind of thing. And what I'm telling the students is that you know, particularly in this type of uh, hiring environment, you know, where it's very challenging, uh, the, I really stress the need to develop personal relationships. And to do so by finding and, and exploring common ground with the person who they want to connect with. So I think that it is extremely important to develop those personal relationships. And when you're doing that, you have to conduct yourself in a professional manner at all times. I mean, I say that the role of the the professional uh, begins the minute the student walks into the uh, law school to begin their law school career. I don't look at this as a, a professional identity that is formed after law school. It is a work in progress that is formed from the very beginning, from the moment you know one steps in, in the doors and uh, starts pursuing that, that legal education. So um, that's something that I always stress to the students, that you are currently a professional. You know, Conduct yourself in that manner and think about that from the very, uh, very first contact with the law school. And along those same lines, I always talk to them about their reputation, uh, that their reputation and their professional identity is a work in progress from the moment they, that they walk through the doors of the law school. And uh, my you know, top rule in terms of, of professionalism is to treat people the way that you want to be treated. I mean, it's a, it's the golden rule. It's a, it's short, but keep that in mind. I think that will help guide the student whenever they ask themselves, you know, am I asking, a- acting in a professional manner? And that, you know, is, was reflected by the way that you treated people. I mean, saying, you know, I'm calling as a professional courtesy. Uh, you're reaching out to people on a regular basis, having that, you know, personal contact. I mean, that is the type of person that you are, Nick, and that's why you're so successful. Well, I appreciate your appraising comments, and it's. I think that I will um, also uh, say thank you to my father who beat it into my head that every time I left the family residence that I represented the family's name, and, you know, I'm probably a fifth generation of professional here, so it's been brought it, you know, brought into, you know, beat into my head, for lack of a thing, but, you know, it's very true that you never know uh, what's going to happen in your career, and things that look uh, like they're going to maybe pan out first or second year after law school may be uh, completely different years down the road, and you could be 10 years out and uh, be calling upon people who you may have been uh, friends with or possibly at odds with in years uh, years in the past that I've heard so many stories of attorneys who are you know my age and who are like 10 years out say that so-and-so they knew in law school and they liked them or didn't like them or who knows, but uh, how many times people will come back from the past that you'd ever really expect? That's so true, and I think you've probably experienced the same thing that I've experienced, that, you know, initially when you first go out, you think, oh, this is such a big legal, legal community, you know, um, it's you know there's so many lawyers and all that, but it really isn't that big when it comes to your reputation. It just seems like, you know, people get to know about you and who you are and how you conduct yourself, even though, you know, the Cook County area and the surrounding uh, Chicagoland, you know, suburban areas and such, you know, seem, seem like it, they're very, very large. The fact of the matter is your reputation does precede you, and it's very, very important. It's your calling card. Yes, very, very, very true. And um, and the other thing is people will always, this is something I always talk about in means of publicity and marketing, um, if you don't tell people the real story, people will infer their own story from time to time. So it's, um, you know, not always fun, but sometimes best to, uh, with written communication, I just want to toss this in there, with written and oral communication, say exactly what you mean, try not to be emphatic. And I'll tell you where I learned that. Um, at Marquette University, before I was even in law school, I was uh, interned at the 
the Milwaukee County District Attorney's Office, and I learned how to notate a side jacket of a file because you have no idea who's going to pick that file up, right. what they're going to do. So make sure your symbols and numbers. I, I learned how to write all the little numbers and archaic symbols, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's true, though. I mean, the communication is absolutely the uh, you know the essence of our profession to be able to communicate in a clear fashion, but also in an honest fashion. So it's always, you know, important to be honest. In fact, I'm having a, um, uh, I had a, a professionalism event with the Justice Ann Burke uh, professionalism series last week. We had about 70 people in attendance. It was a really lively, engaging kind of um, discussion. She led the, the, the panel, and uh, I'm having a follow-up to that on the 22nd, and it's going to be about communication, about how, you know, improper communication or unethical uh, communication can get you in trouble. So, um, you know, we're calling it master communication. You know, don't uh, run into getting disciplined by the ARDC because of something you've said or, or written or didn't say or should have written, you know, that kind of thing. So that's going to be featured at the law school here um, in a few weeks, and it's a follow-up to the um, uh, the program that we uh, offered last, last week, which was very well attended. Now, where are those events listed? If someone wanted to look for that event and uh, other similar events... Well, I'm told that they can go on the John Marshall uh, website and look up uh, under the events and that they should be able to find it. Uh, they can also reach out to me by the email address. And uh, we have that, uh, we have what's called the Justice Burke Professionalism Series operating at the school. It's been in effect since 2010, and we just launched the first uh, in the series for 2012 last week. There will be a follow-up on February 22nd, and then there will be a third event on March um, March 21st. So we're going to have three of these panel-type discussions involving people who know a lot about uh, professionalism and about ethics, uh, talking to uh, the student body as well as you know people from the legal community. We had in attendance at the last event, we had about 70 people with uh, several commissioners from the Illinois Supreme Court Commission on Professionalism. We had many judges attending. Uh, we also had deans and fac faculty members as well as uh, the mentees with their more experienced mentors. And the mentees are the recent um, licensed uh, John Marshall graduates, and then we had a group of students also attend. So it was a nice collection of um, of people that really got very engaged in the topic, and really um, there was a lot of back and forth. So I was very happy with the way the event um, panned out. You know, and events of similar nature, there are so many that you can find as an alumni. One of one of my one of my jobs as an alumni is to help engage other alumni in finding out what's going on at the law school. And I submit that there is more going on than any one human person could. Uh, if you attended everything, you'd you'd be able to work. So true. I know there's just uh, so many things to choose from. So it's great. It's a great environment. I just love working here. It's a, John Marshall's a great place, and I'm very happy to be a member of the John Marshall family and uh, working with John Marshall alumni here in Chicago and also uh, with our other office in Newport out in uh, Orange County, California. We have many great John Marshall alums out there, too. So I, this is a halfway point in our show, and I want to let our listeners know about an upcoming event that we have putting on. Um, actually, we presented the, the launch for the Get More Clients and Grow Your Practice series uh, to the John Marshall Young Alumni Council uh, at the end of December. What this is this is put on by myself, Nick Augustine, and by my colleague Jim Thompson, who's a retired trial lawyer. And our series is a monthly series. It's the uh, next one is coming up on Fe Wednesday, February 25th at 7 o'clock Central, 5 p.m. Pacific time. You can join us. It's a teleconference and a follow along with a PowerPoint as Jim Thompson and I teach PR marketing to lawyers and other business professionals. So it's easy for everyone to. We, we took the uh, some of the notes 
nuts and bolts out of it and just decided to make it an easy teleconference. We put the information up on the website, and there's a PowerPoint that you can download and follow along. Uh, $25 attendance. You can find more information about our, our workshops on the work, workshops page located at proservepr.com, which is, again, P-R-O-S-E-R-V-E-P-R.com, or also you can find that link uh, just about anywhere online. If you try to poke around for my name, you'll find that. So, again, it's the second monthly series. They're uh, every fourth Wednesday at 7 Central, 5 Pacific, called Get More Clients and Grow Your Practice. Now, back to our show with Justice Rossard. We were talking about the professionalism and engagement programs at John Marshall. At this point, I'd like to talk a little bit about the in-classroom professionalism program and what's going on there. So, Justice Rossard, how many people are involved in this in-classroom professionalism program? What does it entail? Well, I have a list of judges and uh, lawyers and other professionals who have, uh, who, you know, work in the legal community here, who have been willing to present to the um, to the various classes at the John Marshall Law School. And actually, what it is, it's an, an innovative professionalism and engagement presentation where I've invited experienced members from the legal community, uh, you know, including the judges, practitioners, alumni, and other professionals, to visit the classes during each academic semester. Uh, now, what I've tried to do is I've tried to match the lawyers. A particular specialty with the subject matter taught in the classroom. For example, last semester, Anthony Longo, who works with Cassidy Shadi and specializes in medical malpractice defense work, uh, he spoke to Professor Ginsburg's medical negligence class. So that was a very, very nice match. Um, and then each presenter, after briefly discussing their own careers, uh, talk about uh, you know, explain to students what professional means in the work, what professionalism means in the workplace, and they sort of define professionalism, what professionalism means to them. And it's interesting because everybody has a little different take on what professionalism means to them. It's a very, very interesting subject, very rich subject. Uh, then they go on to talk about how they actually resolved an ethical challenge by discussing a specific ethical problem that they encountered and that they resolved. Uh, they then talk about how to achieve the professionalism skills valued by employers and how to market those skills. I know you and I have talked about the marketing aspect of, of this uh, whole area. And then many of those who have presented also invite the students to shadow them. And I think that shadowing opportunity gives the students a real bird's eye view of the workplace and a, a great view of a day in the life of the real practitioner. So um, I've been able to make you know, several connections with the students and the practitioners in the context of this particular uh, program. And we've just gotten it underway in the last couple of months. And I have a, you know, a large list of people who are willing to present. I'm just trying to match the presenters to the, to the, um, to the classes, actually, at this point. So it, it looks like it's going to uh, really take off. Wow. And what are the what are the, what are some of the responses after uh, some of these initial programs you've done? Um, what are the students saying? Uh, what are the comments of those who are presenting? Yeah, I've actually had um, some um, uh, of these evaluation assessment sheets, that kind of thing. And uh, you know, I've had questions like, you know, after listening to the presentation, did you better understand the legal system? You know, and then I've had answers like, yes, it was very useful, beneficial details. Uh, the presentation, you know, addressed issues that were very helpful to me. Um, do you have any enhanced appreciation as to how to resolve the type of ethical issue actually experienced? Yes, it certainly made me think more about conflicts of interest 
and the Catholics that he had to deal with. Um, it was very interesting to hear about them and understand how how to resolve them. Um, you know, so I've gotten some very concrete responses because after each presentation, I have an assessment for the professionalism and engagement presentation, which consists of approximately uh, ten questions, and uh, the students have you know helped me so that I can you know sort of improve the program and know what it is that they're looking for. You know, when I think about the roads you can take after law school, there there are certain forks that people go along, and some go to the big firm path, and some go to the smaller firm path. And I I believe that the cultures are so different between the two. And if someone has gone uh, groomed up through the big firm path, they may be more uh, nervous about who they can reach out to and contact. Uh, there may be some lawyers who have smaller firms who have more open door policies. Uh, I think that it's important for students to maintain an open um, an open eye for who is a good person to be receptive to uh, want to do a mentor and want to help and, and reach out there, even if it's not through a formal program, just to reach out and, and, and talk to someone because so many people I hear from say, if there's anything that I can do to make the practice of law better for those growing up right now, because they realize that not everyone has the opportunity to go work in a clerkship or work as an associate somewhere, the jobs are tough to find. So, um, That's so true. I mean, the connections are so important. In fact, one of the uh, students said to me, and I actually use this quote in some of my material, uh, to quote her, she said, the guest speaker left me with more connections in the legal world than I've gained in all my other classes combined in merely one hour. Wow. And, yeah, so I, I thought that was a really, um, really pregnant uh, comment. And then uh, I'll note that there were also additional positive results. I know there was one student who interviewed with an associate member of the hiring committee from the firm of the presenter, and then two other students shadowed the presenter and are interested in following up with discussions about further job possibilities. So, you know, this is also a way of building bridges and a way of connecting uh, and getting the students more connected with, you know, the real world and the, the practitioners. Um, the um, um, you know, it's, it's an important thing. I mean, as you point out, it's, it's, connections are, are very, very important in this community. And there are a lot of people out there who are ready, willing, and able to, you know, to help. You know, um, and it's also this type of presentation is a response to the criticism by the Carnegie Report. I don't know if you're familiar with that report, but uh, various academics put that together uh, a few years ago, and they concluded that the law schools are not teaching professionalism across the curriculum. So uh, this was an effort to address that criticism by encouraging the practitioners to come into the uh, classes and then teach professionalism across the curriculum, but also connecting it to the real world. So that's sort of the, the sense of what we're doing this professional, what we're doing with this in-class professionalism program. So important, and I think that the landscape is going to continue to change. I've talked about the changing landscape of law, and again, um, there just are fewer and fewer opportunities, it seems, and uh, to grow up in a good firm setting where you've got someone teaching you and having you under your wing. So many people are going, starting out solo and not really True. learning some of these skills, and then they're solo for two, three years, and then maybe go into a firm, and there are unknown unknowns. So true, and I think my third series, my third um uh, presentation or panel discussion in the context of this Justice Amber Professionalism Series is going to be the long, along the lines of starting your own practice because uh, you cannot believe how many students I have coming in here who are talking about going solo. And I sometimes just cringe when I hear that because, you know, there's just so much involved. I mean, 
just knowing these ethical rules and what you can and cannot do, just in terms of in terms of protecting yourself and your practice, um, you know, generating business and then serve and then actually um, you know uh, servicing the business. I mean, it's really three different hats that you have to wear as a solo practitioner. So I think that might be the subject matter of our third um, uh, panel discussion in the context of this professionalism series that we're that we're presenting. So that might be presented on uh, that might be the topic for the March 21st. Yeah, panel. We have a couple minutes left. Can you uh, remind us of some of the features and benefits of the mentor program again? Well, I mean, you know, the largest benefit is really the fact that you get this um, six hours of free CLE credit. It's, you know, uh, in the professionalism and uh, professional responsibility and ethics area. So it's at no cost. I mean, the only cost is really to mentor uh, one of these new graduates who've been uh, recently licensed. And I have seen from the programs, from the orientation, from the past program from past from last week, that the mentors get as much out of the program as the mentees do. I've had mentors come into to my office and say to me, "Wow, I really learned a lot. This is really, you know, very exciting for me. I'm really getting a lot out of um, this this program." And they're very excited about. Uh, mentoring these younger people. As you said, there are a lot of people out, out there who want to help and who have the energy and time and who are w- willing to commit. And even if, if they don't have that much time, you know, it's, there's not all that much involved. And I mean, essentially, you'd have to meet with your mentee eight times during a, a, a one-year period, at least for an hour. But a lot of that can be done through shadowing or through these programs that are offered here at the school. So, you know, you satisfy the, these, these requirements fairly easily and fairly quickly. And that's one of the benefits of our, our program. We're trying to make it as user-friendly as possible. Certainly, and the opportunity to wear many hats is also a good thing. I remember uh, wearing a wearing a few hats during you know law school. I was clerking, and I I got to learn what practice areas I I did like, some things I didn't like, and I still reflect back on those when I write my attorneys in transition columns. So, um, any further advice you'd like to give, or any thoughts you'd like to leave with our audience today, Justice Frossard? No, I would just say stick with the golden rule, you know, treat others the way that you want to be treated, and certainly continue building those bridges. And I know you and I are, are big on the, the, the bridge building by by establishing and developing personal relationships. Very good. All right, right. Thank you for including me. Thank you so much, and thank you to your audience. And I thank you for your time. And I thank you to the rest of our audience members for tuning in to this episode of Law Talk Radio. Um, Again, we work hard to bring you new and pragmatic content in law and finance on Tuesdays in law and on Thursdays on finance. Our broadcast times are at 6 p.m. Central, 4 p.m. Pacific time. You can find more information at ProServePR.com about our upcoming shows, content, uh, and events. Again, P-R-O-S-E-R-V-P-R.com. Again, this is your host, Nick Augustine, and as always, I thank you all for your time. Great. Thanks, Nick. Thanks. Thank you, everyone. Good night. <laughs>